the Star Wars end with the rise of Skywalker. There's a delivery from the courier and we see if the cat really is the dog's dinner. I'm Van Connor. And I'm Bex Perfect and this is Offscreen, your seven-day guide to everything movies. Boom. Hello and welcome to Offscreen. It's me, Bex Perfect, here. And I'm taking the driver's seat today because, well, quite frankly, I haven't seen any movies this week. (laughs) You've had health issues. You've had a a relaxing week. Yes, I've had, well, semi-relaxing week. I just haven't been able to go to the screenings because I've not been very well. So the lovely Van Connor by my side, my hubby on the radio here, is uh, taking the lead in terms of telling me everything I need to know for the movies this week and also for you guys too. So we're going to dive straight in with a film which I'm hoping is of the same ilk in terms of its title but actually delivers a little bit better as as the accountant did as well. So this we're talking about is The Courier. I swear I thought you were going to go The Transporter. No, no. See, the thing is, is that with The Accountant, I was like, terrible title, but the Mm. film's okay. Aren't we supposed to still be getting a sequel to that at some point? Uh, Yeah, it wasn't that good. (laughs) No, I'm sure they're on about, because it made decent money. They were going to do a sequel. Did it now. Uh, This this is not going to make any decent money. Well, this is Olga Kurilenko. 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 Who, incidentally, if we ever make a Donald Trump movie... Uh, which absolutely should happen after this week. She's my pick for who you cast for Melania. Oh, yeah, that yeah. would be a good Her one, as Melania, Gary Busey as Trump. Nice. I would I like watch it. that movie. Get you Will Smith. You should be a casting director. Will Smith as, as Obama. <laughs> so, listen, I haven't seen Olga in many movies mm. since yeah. The Quantum. Since The Quantum. Uh, the one I always remember her for is uh, The Water Diviner with Russell Crowe a few years ago. Oh, well, she you're probably the there. only one that remembers that. Uh, they had a pretty nice brass junket for that. I got to meet Russell Crowe. It was very lovely. He's very funny, He's Russell quite Crow. a nice yeah. chap. I mean, it, apparently he's a bit slappy. But Do you know uh, what? He's your kind of, like, fun Aussie guy. He's your Aussie <laughs> lad, he is, isn't he? Is, he? Um, this film sounds horrendous. It's about a courier. And, but, yeah, like, I saw the poster on the tube this morning, and I was like... When's that out? In fact, who's even heard of that? Right, so, uh, because the publicists were pushing us hard on this one. So the idea is you've <laughs> got why. a young, wit- a young, a young uh, witness to a crime uh, played by Amit Shah. Uh, he is in witness protection. However, there is an assassination attempt on him. He is the only man who can testify against a ruthless crime lord played by a one-eyed Gary Oldman. <laughs> Who has filmed his entire part for this movie in three days in a penthouse. I was just about to ask you, Clearly. why is Gary Oldman doing this? Right, I, I will explain in graphic detail. <laughs> We've not got a clip because every clip for this was like an action clip, so okay. there's no dialogue, we couldn't really make That's it work fine, for I'll radio. That's fine, um, So the idea is the courier who delivers the witness testimony recording equipment to, to you know, get him to help put uh, Gary Oldman away, uh, happens to be like a Jason Statham-level transporter type. Uh, she thwarts an assassination attempt on him. She's they, they attempt to frame her for it. She gets the witness away, and they must survive and make their way out of a car park. Can I just ask, can nobody think of a more compelling title? Than The Courier. I mean, it do, you don't have to kind of do the whole it does what it says on the tin thing. I'm like, get our attention. Bring us into the cinema. You're telling me that it's the delivery guy that's basically going to be mm. the, you know, the crux of this movie. I think you can tell me a bit more about the plot to really get yeah. me into the cinema. I wish I could I wish I wish could tell you more about the plot. I mean, I actually think a better title would have been Car Park Carnage. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, it is truly abysmal. It, it, it's a film that looks like it cost about 15 grand to make. Literally, 99 minutes of Olga Kurilenko in a car park beating up faceless goons. I've got one, I've got one positive to say about it, though. Go for it. 99 minutes. 
99 minutes. They are very long, very slow, which you will feel every single one of them. It's not good. It's very cheap. It's very nasty. Clearly, all the money behind the production of this went on hiring Gary Oldman for those three days. Um, money it's, well spent. It's one of those that's in cinemas, but it's on Sky Cinema on the same day, and you look at the film and you think, yeah, that tracks. So is this a Sky Cinema movie? Well, it's not. These movies are all like independently made, and then Altitude so get the distribution, and Sky okay. Cinema strike up a deal with them. And that's Oh, it's Signature, sorry. In signature, this case. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing... <laughs> The thing is with something like this is who is going to watch it or probably no one in the cinema but actually this could become that B-movie style mm. cult kind of film that picks up on... No, you're shaking no, your head at me. No, okay. just right. no. Well, sometimes, you know, there's those, those B-movie gangster movies, you know, that come out that, you know, like um, We Still Kill the Old Way and all that kind of stuff that actually does have an audience. I'm going to rock your mind. Now, okay. And I'm going to tell you no thumbs. Sorry. No, you get no thumbs. From I'm sorry, what? No thumbs. Say that again. It's Christmas. Zero, <laughs> zero thumbs. Bar humbug. Bar humbug to you, Miss Perfect. Bar Do humbug. you know what? Scrooge. <laughs> I mean, give me, give me a justification for why something doesn't warrant a single thumb. Not one single element of this works. Uh, it is not shot well. It is badly written. It's not even particularly well acted. Everyone in it is terrible. Uh, the staging of it is poor. The action sequences don't work. At one point there is a, an over-the-top money shot death sequence which just has the worst rendering you've seen on a computer graphic. This side of Millijova, which is 2006 vampire sci-fi epic Ultraviolet. Um, it's genuinely, truly terrible. I wish I'd never, ever seen I wish I hadn't got out of bed in that morning. Okay. Should we move on? Uh, yeah, let's move on to cats <laughs> that I so, saw the night before. Yeah, okay. So interesting with cats. <laughs> we obviously had the internet mm-hmm. release the trailer back in July and people went mental about that in not a good way. Yeah. The screenings for this were a little bit sort of hard to come by. Nobody knew where we stood with going to watch I think this. We found out 18 hours before. Yep. Yeah. And you managed to make it and um did i regret it yes okay mm. right tell me why okay well, actually actually tell me what it's about because i've never seen the stage show of this. it's a musical about a cat who g- gets in with a bunch of other cats and there's something called jellicles and they want to go to what i think is called their version of heaven and there's idris elba as mccavity who seems to be the sort of fagan like figure and then judy dench just i'll be really honest i can't bloody tell you uh, I can give you a sampling of it, though. What's your name? Cat got your tongue. Here we go! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Don't mess with the crazy cat lady. <laughs> now it is time to make... The choice. Doesn't sound great, does it? Uh, mm, I mean, you know, there are those fans who are going to absolutely love Cats for what it is. As in, they love the stage show, they saw it all, um, and are thinking this is going to be the next thing. I I had spoken to a couple of people who are very excited to go and see this. Were they old ladies or gay men? No, they were Mm. my friends. (laughs) (laughs) You might have friends who are old ladies or gay men. I do, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but they were my my early 30s to mid-30s yeah. friends who were, you know, they wa- went to the West End when they were kids, watched Cats, mm-hmm. have a nostalgic kind of feeling towards it and are intrigued to see what Tom Hooper has done with it. Now, you, mm. what you cannot, what you cannot um, dispute is the fact that 
the cast is incredible for this. Yes, yes they are. The cast is theoretically an incredible Van, cast. you're going to have to give me something here. I, right. I can see it on your face, but the people at home can't. Yeah, and they can't. They, maybe they can hear the absolute contempt of my voice. Right, first of all, within about I don't imagine minutes, that this is your thing, though. Mm, no, 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 no. Actually, I love a good musical. Oh, OK. I do. I, 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 I even enjoyed Sweeney Todd, and that was terrible. But, uh, you know, I mean, admittedly, my favourite of all of these has actually been Rock of Ages. But, you know, that actually had dialogue in it. This doesn't. This has been. Is this no- just got a bit of dancing this and is, a bit of singing? This is just dancing and singing. This is a full-blown opera. They have made no attempt to actually adapt this as a film. They have simply shot the musical against green screens. It is an eyesore to look at. He's like being smacked in the pupils repeatedly whilst actual cats shriek in your ear. The- Ca- wait, 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 cats with boobs. Cats with boobs, although strangely no other genitals, as Jamie East wonderfully pointed out. Um, it doesn't make any sense. They, they don't stop to let it breathe at any point. It is an assault on every shred of good taste a person could possibly have. It is, like I say, an eyesore, an earsore, and an arsore, because it seems to go on for bloody ever. So how, how long is it? How long is it? I'll give you the exact time. I, I, I imagine it's like two and a half hours long, which is why Tom Hooper only finished it like the night before. One hour premiere. 50. <laughs> one hour 50. What? If you told me it was 15 months long, I would believe you. I don't know what you guys think at home, but um, I think that might have loved this. It was <laughs> genuinely dreadful. You know what? Again, zero thumbs. No. No. I, this it's has, Christmas, Van. No, I'm sorry. This has actually, and these are words you never thought you'd hear from me. Ruined Christmas. This it? has overtaken, this has usurped Batman versus Superman for me as the worst tentpole release of this decade. Of the last ten years, this is the worst four-quadrant tentpole blockbuster anybody has attempted to release. Okay, so let me just throw this out there. I did see Mm. some of the initial reviews that came out of the States, and they were mixed. Okay, so some were like, this is abysmal and some were like i don't know what i quite watched just now but Uh it was a spectacle and a spectacle in itself doesn't necessarily need to be bad okay so it it gives you something spectacle should be good a spectacle should be good and i think that's good wording for it Mm. is there any redeeming features that you can see from this movie if mm, it ends (laughs) If, if 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 cats the movie were an actual cat you'd put it in a burlap sack and drown it and you'd sleep well that night. Welcome back to Off Screen. I'm Bex Perfect. Hi, Ben Connor. I and, wish uh, I was more cheerful. I'm sorry. Well, we, we, I would like to say we've got off to a cracking start today. <laughs> um, it's but, not a good week for cinema. But do you know what? We're, if we're not honest, we're not doing our job. And Ben has taken the reins of going to the films this week because I've been a little bit poorly. And if you're just catching up with us now, you, I'm just going to round it up for you. The Courier is a no-no. Zero thumbs Zero we just thumbs. had on that. And then we had Cats, which very much is a dog's dinner, according to Van. So <laughs> I'm hoping our next movie, which is hotly anticipated, <sighs> highly disguised by the by the PRs, like we haven't been mm-hmm. able to know about screenings for this until recently. Um, this is the movie that all Star Wars fans are waiting because it is the one to end the saga. Um, This is Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. My boy. I have 
have been every voice you have ever heard inside your head. Again. Sounds creepy, sounds mysterious, doesn't it? ominous, yeah. foreboding, dark. And again, I've 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 gone and see I've seen some well, I've I've read some reviews which have kind of been a bit of a mixed bag. Okay. I saw a fan review which gave it five stars. Mm-hmm. I saw a balanced, kind of mediocre review of a three star. And that, to be honest, is where this kind of has been sitting for a lot of reviewers. So I'm hoping you're gonna give this at least one thumb. Uh, it is getting one thumb from me. Okay. It is getting... Well, so let's go with the plot. Let's go with the plot. Because we, and I have to do the non-spoiler version. So, yeah. uh, and this is stuff that's in the trailer or you get from the title crawl. Okay? So I'm not going to... No. So the idea here is that about a year after the events of The Last Jedi, mm-hmm. uh, there has been a mysterious message broadcast throughout the galaxy and it is the voice of Emperor Palpatine, the supposedly dead Emperor from the original trilogy. You know, Ian McDiarmid's character, who I think first name was revealed at one point as being Shreve in the marketing. Uh, it never comes up in the film, but it's in the marketing. I just thought that was so ridiculous I had to mention it. Okay. Right. Um, the idea is now, Kylo Ren is the supreme leader of the First Order. He goes out hunting... Is he uh, still conflicted? Of course he's conflicted. He's <laughs> Kylo Ren. <laughs> well, Adam Driver seems to be conflicted just generally yeah, nowadays. Yeah, he's, he's science fiction's most toxic boyfriend. Okay. That's, you know... Nice and Analogy. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he goes off in search of, of Palpatine because he doesn't want a threat to his empire. Okay. Um, in the meanwhile, Ray and the first and the and the, the rebellion or the the, so uh, the, the po, resistance now, yeah, Poe, Finn, yeah. etc. They want uh, to hunt Palpatine because he's a bad guy and a new threat. Okay. So everybody's searching for Palpatine. That's the plot. And in the meanwhile, there is a new fleet of super weapons, which are basically star destroyers with enhancements I will simply say yeah. and uh, a potential and a couple of new potential villains and a couple of new potential heroes along the way so some of the stuff that I've heard from early views of mm-hmm. this is that it, it doesn't quite get to the point it kind of takes its time it throws it like it first Whoa, it's who's a bit, told you that well I was coming some of the stuff that I read so it's trying to push the plot line along but yet there's elements of it sort of being like overly action based right so it's like what's going on with the narrative um, all narrative no character oh that? interesting right it's very obvious that at some point J.J. Abrams had intended to write and direct or at least partially write and fully direct the entire trilogy here mm-hmm. because what you get first and foremost I we have to deal with the with I want to say the bit the elephant in the room let's call it the banther in the yeah. room uh, let's deal with the banther in the room which is The Last Jedi yeah right which is uh, for my money the second best Star Wars movie Okay. Genuinely, I think wow. it is that. I think you're on your own there. A lot of people didn't like it. I didn't like it. It's that franchise's Skyfall or Dark Knight. Okay. And, I, you, and you can see the obvious comparison yeah. points. Even if you yeah. don't agree with it, you can see where the basis for that comparison might yeah. be. Uh, this film, for the first half, would like to pretend that Last Jedi never happened. Mm-hmm. For the second half, it goes out of its way to, to just aggressively contradict it. Okay. And I mean up to and including all of the great big plot points revealed in the last Jedi. Everything we learned from it contradicted. You're actually better off having not seen the last Jedi than you are having seen it. I've, I mean, I remember walking out of there going, "This is such a setup movie, the mm. last Jedi." And and what I would want from this movie is to have all those questions answered. Mm, no, it just basically goes back to the beginning of the Last Jedi and does its own version because what you get is J.J. Abrams Part 2 and J.J. Abrams Part 3 smashed into one film. And to make room for all that, what he's done is taken out all the character stuff. Okay. So you've got way too much movie, mm-hmm. and unlike something like Avengers Endgame where they just filled out the runtime, they just expanded the runtime, nope. 
And what is can, the runtime on this? The runtime on this is a nice, tidy two hours, 21 minutes, which is actually say, one of the about, shorter... Yeah, it'd be yeah, about that. Yeah, One okay. of the shorter ones, because I think uh, Last Jedi was like two and a half to three and three. Yeah, three four, it's a bit that? of a bum ache. <laughs> it was. Uh, let's see. It, it, uh, considering how woke and startlingly and refreshingly feminist The Last Jedi was, this is counterproductive on that angle to the point of being offensive. Do you know what? I think with The Force Awakens, we were transported back to a world that we loved you know the practical effects were back we had these nostalgic yeah. characters we had the humor on point yeah. and we were like jj abrams has nailed this and then we kind of go you know that was the star wars film that i wanted to see having loved the yeah. originals um however the last jedi i was mm-hmm. really not that impressed with and then coming i would like to think that this is coming back up again but it sounds like it's gone from good to bad, to worse. Well, for me, it went from good to great to Godfather 3. Okay. Yeah. And to say that Star Wars now has its own Godfather 3 is one of the most depressing sentences I've ever uttered. Are, other you, on than... your, are you on your own with this thinking, though? Nope. Okay. Decidedly not. Okay. Nope, decidedly not indeed. I took my roommate along to another screening of it last night. Right. And, oh, the unfiltered rage that came out of him afterwards. It was terrific. But what about, <laughs> what about all the fans who went to see it? Right. At the, the midnight screening. Right. Ah, uh, the buzz was not great coming out of the cinema. A lot of people were very let down. There were a couple of whiny, hyperactive kids. But other than that... All in <sighs> costumes? Oh, actually, yes, interestingly enough. Uh, the thing I've noticed in the immediate buzz from non-film critics, from regular ordinary people, yeah. is that there is a lot of snidey, well, this is for those people who just want to who just want to whine and, and fanboy all over The Last Jedi, those idiots. This is real Star Wars. You're like, no, right? It looks great. And there are some moments that are genuinely terrific. There's yeah. a couple of comedy beats that really I was going to ask you what the re- redeeming um, features were. And, and those that those are the elements that get it a thumb from me. Also, yeah. uh, Adam Driver and, and Daisy Ridley, still terrific. I yeah. like John Boyega a lot in these movies as well, actually. Yeah, he's brilliant. However, um, right, I'm sorry, J.J. Abrams owes Kelly Marie Tran a house. Right. He has to buy her a house. But what he has done to that woman with this film is offensive. Okay. What he has done to little girls through the character of Rey is offensive. What he has done to the overall overarching legacy of Star Wars, he and Chris Terrio, who I'd like to but remind hang the on, world... Explain yourself. Right, What's I'm going he to. done? He and Chris Terrio, who, remember, wrote Justice League, have written a movie so afraid of being in any way challenging or offensive to any of its hard, well, supposed hardcore fan base that what he's done is go out of his way to make a movie nobody can hate to the extent nobody can genuinely love it. You'll be hard-pressed to like it. It is a chore. There are so many times when they keep, they think they're being clever. What they're actually just doing is recycling material. Do you remember Star Trek Into Darkness? How everyone complained that it was just all repeated lines and stuff from Wrath yeah. of Khan? Same thing. Only here, he's doing it with the entire Star Wars saga. Okay, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. On a scale of 1 to 10, yep. how much of a Star Wars fan are you? No, about an 8. Okay, so you are a big Star Wars fan. Okay. Uh, not to the extent I've ever read the extended universe or okay, anything. I own toy lightsabers. Fine. You know. Okay. So you're gonna you're coming to this from a passion point about this this um, this movie, right? You want to see it. There's things that you will remember. You will have pre-watched everything to mm-hmm. kind of you know make yourself your make sure you're up to speed. Some people going into this cinema mm-hmm. might not have done that, but they're up for the hype. They want to know. You know, it's a big film. We should go and see it. Maybe I'll take the kids because you know. They might enjoy it. It's something to, you know that we remember kind of getting into when mm-hmm. we were kids and stuff. 
that audience, how much will they enjoy it versus a mega fan? I don't think they'll have a goddamn clue what's going on because okay. this thing is so steeped in fan service. Right. This thing genuinely reads like a checklist was handed down from either a Lucasfilm or Disney executive. And they were simply told, right, write that movie. Okay, and, that's and do, what you, do you think that the problem is actually in the edit? Uh, no, no, I think the problem is almost entirely in the script. Right. Uh, uh, this is genuinely, as a film, at best, like I say, at best, it is a mess of a film. At worst, it is an act of cinematic cowardice. Episode one was a better movie than The Rise of Skywalker. And episode one is one of the worst sci-fi action-adventure yeah. movies ever released. Interesting. Mm, I think it is the worst episode of Star Wars. What a way to end the saga. What a shame. Not with a bang. No. But with a whimper. But you know what? One thumb, because there were moments. <laughs> there is a redeeming feature, because right now we haven't had any thumbs whatsoever in this You know what? We'll, <laughs> this have some fun in, we'll have some fun in the next block, honestly. Okay. All right. Well, Rise of Skywalker might not be your Christmas cracker, but it certainly is that one little bit better than The Courier and Cats. So we'll be back with your top movies on TV over the Christmas period and we hope you enjoy that a little bit more than Van enjoyed this week's movies. Okay, so I don't know about you guys, but I definitely had to go and have a quick drink to <laughs> recover from Van's uh, spitting match, should we say, with oh. this. I mean... You're vicious. It was, it was just such a long, trying week. Yeah, I know. And do you know what? Now that we're talking about movies on TV, yeah. I think that appropriately to the sentiment that you have been giving to all the movies on the big screen, mm -hmm. the way to kick off... <laughs> <laughs> this, That's just clicked. Yeah, the way to kick off this segment is with this actual movie, which is brilliant it's scrooge the 1951 version it's on channel five at 10 past three on saturday um yeah it's the alistair sim one i know, mean this the, is iconic, the really good one yeah the nostalgic one this uh, to be honest i think if you need to get into the christmas mind you need to kind of get into the you know that kind of a christmas carol feel exactly. and you should always watch this and if you haven't seen the 1951 version before Give it a whirl, you know? Give it something, a little bit of a try. Uh, what can I put you down for? <laughs> Nothing. You wish to be anonymous. I wish to be left alone. Since you ask me what I wish, sir, that is my answer. I help to support the establishments I have mentioned. Those who are badly off must go there. Many can't go there. And some would rather die. <sighs> if they would rather die, they'd better do it and decrease the surplus population. Besides, it's not my business. Isn't it, sir? No. It is enough for a man to understand his own business without interfering with other people's. Mine occupies me constantly. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Because Alice is so much fun. Well, yeah. yeah, and this is the thing. I mean, I know that we're kind of, we want to see the BBC ad adaptations. How's that all going to play out? Because it's from the writer of Sherlock or something yeah, like that. It's, it's Mark, uh, is it Mark Gattis? I think, oh, I'm not quite, I'm not quite no. sure. Sure. Or am I thinking about Dracula? One of the two. Oh, that, that's Dracula. Yes, yeah, Dracula, is, Dracula is Mark Gattis. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So you know, there's lots of great new adaptations, but sometimes it is good to go back to the old school. They don't make this. them like they used to. No, in indeed. So getting you into that Christmas spirit, Saturday, a good afternoon film whilst you're wrapping the presents, getting yourself ready for the the week ahead of turkey eating and everything else that you're doing. It's a good one to watch. Moving on quickly though. Ah, oh, this is this is for me going to give well over a one thumbs up. This, this is Warm Hugs, This isn't is it? Warm, warm Hugs. Hugs, the movie. This is one where actually I think the sequel was even better. It was, yes. Okay, so uh, Paddington, Channel yes. 4, uh, 7.15 on Sunday. 
oh, how good was Paddington? We saw Paddington 2 together, you Yeah, and we, I. Did. we did. And do you know what? The, the screening had little marmalade sandwiches. In the shape of a tube, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, I, I remember that. It. So I many selfies. So many, so many selfies, you and I. <laughs> we did, yes. Yeah. Uh, so Paddington, in which Ben Whishaw uh, plays, you know, the, the iconic Paddington. He yeah. meets the Brown family, who, of yeah. course, give him his iconic name. I'm dreadfully sorry, I don't actually know your name. <laughs> oh, well, I've got a bear name, but it seems to be rather hard to pronounce. That's not right. Or perhaps you'd like an English name. An English name? Like what? Oh, look, Henry, it's perfect. You want to call him Ketchup? No. Ketchup the bear? Paddington. Paddington. Paddington! Oh, sorry. I like it. And it's such a great support cast. Nicole Kidman was the villain in this yeah. one. Do you know what? The, the thing is with this is that the cast is like, you know, with a great Christmas movie of sorts, you need a good iconic British cast and it does it so well throughout Paddington. And if you're going to put out a British movie like this, you've got to get it right. And mm. it does it on so many levels. So if you haven't seen Paddington and you've got maybe the family are in and maybe you've got loads of kids in tow and you're thinking, what do we want to do on Sunday? 7.15 in the evening. You want to be drinking a little bit of sherry and watching Paddington. It's a lovely a Sunday night film. Yeah, it? it yeah. really, really is. Um, Monday, one of my top Christmas movies yeah. ever. Um, and it's such a curveball. I love it. It is. But it isn't is set it? at yeah. Christmas. It's Gremlins on ITV at 10.45. I still get a bit scared when watching this one. I had this conversation with Bob Mills recently. Yeah. He, he actually thought this was a genuinely terrifying film. So this is basically an inversion. This is a darker answer to the typical Spielberg movie because he produced this. Yeah. It's an Amblin movie. And this is, you know, we've got the small, cuddly, you know, uh, creature... Everything, you don't follow the rules, it all goes wrong, and all of a sudden you get a whole army of evil ones. Yeah. Can I pick them up, Dad? Sure, go ahead. Just be careful. you got to be gentle. I will. I hope he's housebroken. Mm. Oh, isn't he cute? Has it got a name, Dad? Yeah, Magwai. What? Magwai. I don't know, it's some Chinese word. I just call him Gizmo. He seems to like it. And, and the thing is, is that the sequel, the uh, Gremlins 2, I laugh so much throughout that. I prefer the sequel. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I, I prefer the sequel. I mean, when you see a Gremlin sing in mm. New York, New York, yeah. you know you're in for a really fun ride. Also, how much, how much like the talk radio building is that movie? Okay, let's not talk about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but especially around Christmas time, I don't want to get caught up in this. So it's um, 10.45 on ITV on Monday. Yeah. Now, moving on with more Christmas movies. I mean, these all fit into my kind of Christmas rundown here. The Holiday on ITV2 at 8 o'clock on Tuesday. This, uh, you were unsure about whether or not this was a real Christmas movie. Okay, right, okay. I, I, I've said this before recently. I will say it again. Okay, Katie Lawton made me rewatch this movie. Yep. She made me reassess it. She was right. I was wrong. It is a very good Christmas movie. Okay, I appreciate that the Cameron Diaz part is a lot better than the Kate Winslet part. Yeah. And I still think Jack Black plays this entirely wrong. But I, I did, I, I kind of got charmed by it and won over. You fancy so. Jude Law, don't you? Yeah, who doesn't fancy Jude <laughs> The honkiest widow daddy in the world in oh, this movie, big isn't he? time. <laughs> you know, um, given that I'm in a bit of a personal crisis and um, I find myself in a total stranger's home in a town that I can't actually remember the name of, and considering that you showed up and you're, like, insanely good-looking and... <laughs> really drunk and probably won't remember me anyway. Um, I'm thinking we should have sex. If you want. Is that a trick question? 
Including Cameron Diaz there. So, yeah, even there Cameron Diaz go. fancies him as well, obviously, even though it's implausible that Cameron Diaz would ever have to ask a man to sleep with her. Um, <laughs> so, moving uh, on to Wednesday. Then. Go on, um, I'm singing. I'm singing. <laughs> Santa! I know him! I think you know what we're talking about, don't Yeah, you? do we even need to queue it up? But it is one of two Will Ferrell films we have this week. Oh, this is Elf, ITV2, Forte. You are being... Sp- Spoiled. This is on Christmas Day. This is on Christmas Day. I'm watching this on Christmas Day. Yeah. This is my Christmas Day afternoon Four film. 10. So this is after you've had your Christmas lunch. Yeah. And you're, you're kind of sitting down. Oh, right. House. Okay, we have the lunch. And then we sit down in front of the telly and everyone passes out to a good Christmas movie. My, my family usually wait until about two minutes before Doctor Who starts and then serve dinner, just to annoy me. Oh. But uh, yeah, Will Ferrell on fine form and, of course, gets to take down a mall Santa, which we've all dreamt of doing. Yeah. So uh, how old are you, son? Oh, wow. You're a big boy. What's your name? Paul. And uh, what can I Paul, get you for Christmas? Don't tell him what you want. He's a liar. Let the kid talk. You disgust me. How can you live with yourself? Just cool it, Zippy. You sit on a throne of lies. Look, I'm not kidding. You're a fake. I'm a fake? Yes. How'd you like to be dead? Huh? No, he's kidding. You stink. I think you're going to have a good Christmas, all right? You smell like beef and cheese. You don't smell like Santa. Uh, you can't go wrong with a little bit of elf. A modern, a modern, a modern Christmas classic, it I have is, to say with is. this. Okay, Thursday, your Boxing Day. You've had your turkey. You're in that little bit of like Christmas dinner hangover mode and you want to go and watch a cool movie. Cool Runnings, Channel 5, 5.15pm. It's my husband's favourite movie of all time. Really? It's yeah. my cousins. Uh, my twin cousins uh, are obsessed with this film. Like yeah. they, they will watch this every day for the rest of their lives oh, if they can. Yeah, absolutely love it. Um, did you know it was based on a true story? Yes, I, I did. Yes, I for did. the longest time, I had no yeah. idea. Jamaican bobsleigh team. Yes, I did know. Because it sounds so ridiculous. It does, but yeah. it also sounds so ridiculous that it could be real. We got $9.52 from Yul Brynner. Thank you. We got $184 from Doris and me. Sanka, how did your singing on the street go? How did it go? It went like this. Enough people say, you know, they can't believe. Jamaica, we have a bobsled team. Sanka. We have the one dairy. How, How much? much? I made a dollar and 16 cents. And apparently it was. That was all barely real. There we go. John Candy, fine form as ever. And what an amazing, heartwarming movie to watch mm. at the same time. So that's on your Boxing Day. And then moving on, another Will Ferrell film to finish off your Christmas week. It's Blades of Glory, film four, 9pm. Who thought ice skating could be so funny? So, Coach, I was thinking about the music for our routine. Really? We're going to skate to one song, one song only. Lady Hump by the Black Eyed Peas. What you going to do with all that junk, all that junk inside my trunk? I'm going to get you, get you drunk, get you drunk off my Lady Hump, my hump, my hump, my lovely Lady Hump. I'm not skating to anything with references to Lady Humps? I don't even know what that means. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. No, it's not. It's it gets gross. the people going. It's it's no, that's enough! Why do you guys keep doing that? Who thought John Heater could be this funny? Like, he did Napoleon Dynamite, then disappeared for like four years, turned up in this, Opposite, you know, uh, Will Ferrell. And by the way, Chaz Michael Michelson is figure skating. <laughs> Do you know what? I think this was around that kind of heyday of Will Ferrell. So like the 2003 when Elf, ca- Elf came out. So, you know, yeah. This is, this. if you love Will Ferrell and you think, gosh, he needs to be back on our screens yet again. Because we forget the run went like Elf, Anchorman, Wedding yeah. Crashes, this. Yeah. That's a hell of a street. It's a run and a half. And to do it on ice in Blades of Glory <laughs> is, is a perfect way to kind of just cement yourself in comedy history. 
story mm. in a way. Now, this for me is such a great week of movies. If you've not got anything planned over Christmas, you're sorted. We've spoiled them, right? <laughs> yeah, We've spoiled them. You're a spoiled audience. Choice. Yeah. Well, that's your roundup of movies on TV. So I think the advice that we're going to be giving you this week is don't go to the cinema. <laughs> don't <laughs> waste your money or yeah. your time. It's not worth it. Stay in. Stay cosy. Hopefully it starts snowing to add to that Christmas value because what you've got on telly is some Christmas magic. And coming out of the Christmas season, you're going to be thinking, what's 2020 going to be holding for you? Well, Van and I, we're here to actually talk about what we thought were the favourite films of 2019, which will probably gear you up for the year ahead. Am I right? Absolutely. So, I mean, it's been an interesting uh, been an interesting year for film. Yeah. Um, I think it's a good year for film. I, I've given one five-star movie this year. Yeah, what um, was that again? I forget. Uh, well, we'll come on to that in oh, just okay, a sorry, second. Sorry. My but, bad, my bad. Yeah, I picked out three movies that I absolutely love. Um, they're all very different, I, but all... Like, I'm not that discerning. I wound up with 22. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. The, the, the rule in broadcast, fan is to keep things <laughs> keep things tight, okay? So uh, we don't have time for 22 movies, so you're going to have to, you know, condense okay. that I'm down. I'm sorry, I Katie priced this. That's what I did. <laughs> right, okay. Um... Do you want to do one and I'll do one and we'll back and yeah, forth? Let's okay, do that. okay, you okay. go first then. I'm right. going to kick off with something that came out in May. Um, it mm-hmm. fits on my mantelpiece of all those classic high school movies. Yeah. It made me laugh from start to finish. It's up there with 10 Things I Hate About You, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Super Bad. It's, of course, Booksmart. Oh, yes. You were wondering where nice. I was going with that. I think because I don't think of, because of the films you were comparing it to, I'm like, really, really? What, what, what movie was that like? Yeah, what I like What movie could surprise. that have been? This, for me, is like a sleeper movie in yeah. some ways because I saw it and I raved about it, but I've had friends who have messaged me and gone, do you know what? I caught it on the plane. Yeah. I caught it just by a chance on Sky Cinema or something like that. And they were like, wow, this movie, not only is it really fun, it appeals to such a wide audience as well. So whether or not you're in high school or however we like to call it here in the UK, or you're actually like our age and remember back to those years. It basically follows two girls, two best friends, who throughout their entire senior year have been the goody two-shoots. They've never put a foot wrong. They've worked really hard. They want to go to good colleges. And then they realise that they haven't had any fun. So the night, the yeah. night before graduation, they completely let loose. I think there's not much more to say about it. It's brilliant. You should check it out. It was out in May. I've watched it multiple times since then. One I'm going to go with, and this is from the end of September, and uh, I I wish this had had the same success as Booksmart, but this had caught on. And I have noticed that people are starting to wise to it, but it's, it's still early days. And that is Ready or Not... Uh, starring Samara Weaving, uh, Adam Brody, uh, Henry Sherney, uh, yeah. Andy McDowell. And the general idea is it's uh, oh, an orphaned woman who marries yes. into a rich family yes. who has something of a creepy family secret that sees her getting hunted to the death very fun wedding night so this is like a classic like a board game almost that that plays out and you're watching it but you feel very much immersed in this movie Mm. at the same time so the idea is is that on her wedding night um, she has to join the family they have this like deck of cards which essentially you pick a card and you have to do a dare Mm. and there's one card in the entire pack that's that basically hiding, fancy, hiding yeah. yeah, hiding a very nasty outcome. And of course, she ends up picking that card and we Sods see the whole Yeah, exactly. We wouldn't have a movie without no, it, would we? It's so grisly and nasty, but also very funny with it. Yeah. It's very sadistically humorous. It's I'm so like, yeah. funny. Yeah, great film to pick. Um, moving on to my next pick of the year. Um, I'm moving up to I think July time. Okay. Um, it came out and what a summer it was for movies, and then something came along and turned it completely on its head, and that's movie is Midsummer. Now, uh, <laughs> I had to put 
horror in there because with the horror genre, my sentiment is is that to get horror right, you have to do something different. And how different can it be than to put a horror movie out that is set completely in broad daylight? Now this, it unfolds over two hours, 20 minutes. It feel You feel every single minute of that. You feel the brilliance of Florence Pugh in this movie and also the great cast like Jack Trainers in this, also Will Poulter. It's a movie that you, you think, oh, I'm going to a nice little festival, you know, I'm watching them do this. And then it all goes horribly wrong in a way that's gruesome, it's gory, it's unnerving. It keeps gives you sp like spine tingles. I, I had my, my BBC team went to go and watch this um, after I reviewed it. They were supposed to go and see Toy Story. Uh, for oh, some God, reason, yeah, they went yeah. down the wrong, they took the wrong door, watched this, and they have not stopped talking about it. They are traumatized. <laughs> uh, it's the new Wicker Man. Yeah. It, it yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'm going to go also September again. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is a movie I didn't expect much from. Loved the second I saw it. And it was, of course, uh, Hustlers, starring uh, Jennifer, <gasps> yes. Jennifer Lopez and Constance Rue as effectively, it's effectively war dogs with strippers. Yes. So it's effectively strippers who decide during the financial uh, the collapse, the, re the recession, they're going to start drugging and robbing their clients. And I think we called it to say that um, Jennifer Lopez is probably going to pick up some awards for this and she was nominated for a Golden Globe. Yeah, yeah. You know, her performance is one of the best that she's done in many, many years. And this is a smart, it feels like the big short in a way. It's really smart, yeah. it's really fast paced, it's fun to watch, it's empowering for women. I've just remembered what, what? I called it. Go on. When I reviewed it, I called it Four Dogs. Nice. That was it. That was one of my best I puns see of the what year. You did there. Thank yeah, you. Very, very good. Now, my top movie of the year. Which the five star, I hope you agree with me on this, man. Okay. But I, I did give this five star and I still stand by it because I loved it so much. It might have been a bit of a victim of the hype machine, but Joker for me. Oh, don't. I think Joaquin, uh, Joaquin Phoenix's performance in this is going to be the one to beat in award season. Okay. His trans. Really? I don't know. I mean, the bookies at the moment are running bets on uh, Christian Bale for the mom. Really? Yeah. I think that's a supporting role. Well, I would argue that Matt Damon's the supporting. But never mind. Back okay. to Joaquin. Back right. to Joaquin. No, Joaquin Phoenix, okay. the transformation is that it's things that the Academy loves, you know. Um, True. It, it turns the comic book genre again on its head. It doesn't give you what you expect to see. So that's why I think there might be a little bit of a divide mm. over this. Um, for me, who's not necessarily a comic book fan, it immersed me in a world that I could, I could really enjoy. And also, it gave me that descent into madness, that character study that made me think, goodness, this could actually happen to someone. I, I say, I did, I liked it. I thought the hype was a little overblown. I, I did think the film wasn't as good as the performance. I chucked someone out of their cinema seat because they were in my seat, and I was like, do you know what? I want, I want the best seat to watch this in. <laughs> do not screw with Rebecca Perth. No, the absolutely cinema people. don't. <laughs> For me. Right. I'm going the opposite end of the spectrum. with, But I'm not going with the best film. I'm going with my favourite okay. film of the year. Uh, just my visceral, popcorn-munching favourite of the year. It's Hobson Shaw. I'm sorry it is. Wow, I mean... You think you know a guy. I know. Yeah. Uh, it's Hobson Shaw. It's Dwayne Johnson. It's Jason Statham. It is a movie so ridiculous, they had to literally give Idris Elba superpowers. And the extent of those superpowers is, he's as strong as The Rock. I love this.
I love your sentiment around it. When I say I love this, I mean, I enjoyed the film. Yeah. Um, but wow, it's your favorite film of the year. I mean, it was fun. And you know what? It's a great movie to go with your mates and watch and have a real laugh with. And I think as a, a full on group mm. experience, this is great. I actually thought you were going to say Knives Out. Really? Yeah. I, it, 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 it's in my top 22. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, uh, Hobbs and Shaw is not the end of the Fast and Furious series. And this it's is where only we, the beginning. This is where we're going to have to move on for our last minute of the year. Um, so let's have a talk about what's out you know, next year because yeah. Fast and Furious 9 is next year. Gosh. We're getting a trailer for that at the end of January. I yeah. think it's May we're getting that yeah. as well. I mean, I'm really excited about a few things. Um, it's like nostalgia for me. So we've got mm. Top Gun Maverick coming out. Yes. That trailer, the new trailer that's come out looks oh, incredible. So I want to see that on the biggest screen possible. Mm -hmm. Bill and Ted are back. Bill and Ted face the music. Yes. Yeah, that's a summer one, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, they've just released a few shots of mm -hmm. um, Keanu Reeves and Alex Winters in um, in character for that. I cannot wait to see that. Um, and I'm actually starting off January. I'm really excited about 1917. Have you not caught 1917? No, no. I haven't caught that yet. Okay. Yeah, so it's all, the thing about that, it's a Sam Mendes film. Mm. It's all, it's set in World War One, and it's all done in one shot, or to give you the impression that it's all done in yeah. one shot. I personally, I'm I'm looking forward to Scoob, the an nice. animated Scooby-Doo reboot. I'm really looking forward to Bad Boys for Life, yes. the long away to again, Bad Boys nostalgia. 3. Again, they're re-bringing yeah. him back again, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of a few other things. Black Widow has a lot of potential. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with that. Uh, less Birds of Prey, but definitely Wonder Woman 1984. That's yeah. got badass yeah. written all over it. Uh -huh. So much awesome to come. It's yeah. one of those where you look at the list and you just keep forgetting things. Like, oh my God, there's that to come. There's I know, that to come. and that's where it's no. really hard to condense sit down, isn't it? One last one I'll check okay. in. Ryan Reynolds in Free Guy. Yes, the trailer for that looks yes. hilarious. Basically, yeah. he's a, a pass, he's a bystander in a Grand Theft Auto game. Can that guy do any wrong? I think not. More Green Lantern. Well. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Green Lantern, his first attempt at Deadpool. <laughs> but do you know uh, what? It's been a great year of movies, hasn't it, Van? It has, and I've enjoyed doing this with yes, you this year. It's been lovely. It's been great, and it's been nice to kind of, you know, find our feet and become the duo that we have become on this. <laughs> I think it's been really fun. So I'm going to wish you and everyone at home a very, very Christmas. We've become, I like to think we've become the Mulder and Scully of We have indeed. Good analogy. I like but it. But in the meanwhile, we're going to have to kick it off until the 10th of January, I think. Wow, says it's a little oh. bit of a Christmas break. We're not used to that, but we're excited to put our feet up, watch some great movies, and we hope you guys do too. So signing off for this side of 2019 into 2020, I'm Bex Perfect. And I've been Van Connor. This has been Offscreen, your seven-day guide to everything movies. Boom. Boom.